Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast. Boy, do we have some kind of recap to give to you all this week. If you're a golf fan, you watched the second coming happen this week. I know you did. And if you didn't, you heard about it. You heard it on Twitter. You heard it on Instagram. And if you didn't hear any there, maybe you live under a rock because Charlie Woods is a thing. And he's officially on the golf scene. Hello World 2.0. This was Hello World 2.0 this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can say that. I'll tell you what, man. If um, The PNC Championship was here. Uh, and for those who don't know it, it's, it used to be, it's a PGA Champions held event. It used to be the father-son. But as things progress forward into like the, the new year, it kind of – I like to call it the PNC Family Open. Um, anybody that is eligible that's on status on any of the uh, PGA, PGA champions or LPGA that are past major winners, um, they can play with a family member in this scramble event, which is, I mean, everybody looks forward to it, especially the players, because I mean, it's father, son, mother, you know, father, uh, daughter, or, you know, you're playing with, you yeah, know, I mean, daughter, Gary, father, Gary like, player, what? Gary player has had grandsons in it already. Yeah, He's had grand- granddaughters in it. Annika Sorenstam played with her father this year. Yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, what an awesome event. And then I think, you know, obviously team Kucher was out there, had the lead early round one with a 13 year old young Kucher. You and I talked about this off the podcast team Kucher team Singh, team Thomas. Well, not really team Thomas team woods. And uh it's team who, who it's else with the, three, oh, the three team, biggest team daily we're, team we're the future daily, of the pga tour yeah team daily team future and team woods you're these i mean these kids range from 11 to uh 17 so i mean they're all relatively in striking distance of age that i mean if all goes well down the future um and you know and they they decide like hey this is the the sport i'm going to pursue and i want to make a career of it the future of the PGA is going to be is going to be excited to watch. I mean, we all know John Daly the second. The kid can swing. The kid can rip at it. I mean, you're you got John Daly 2.0 coming in the future. He already committed to Arkansas. This kid's on a mission to play on the PGA. You got Coocher, who Coocher's son, Cameron Coocher, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Cameron Coocher, man. I I didn't even know he was playing into it until I like looked up. I was like, no shit. This kid's swing is so good. If he continues to play, you know, he's going to be on tour. He's going to be winning tournaments. I, I'm, I'm telling you. And then obviously we got the, the, the great one, the next, the next big thing, the, the hype that it's all been around that if you were watching this weekend, uh, the great Charlie Woods, uh, you know, protege of the uh, LT gray. I mean, the kid can play. I mean, and, dude, let's dive into this, right? He 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 didn't just hit a good shot here or there. He carried the team in in very very convincing fashion multiple times throughout round 1 and round 2. They were 3 under through 3 because of an eagle. A sole eagle by the youngster. An 11-year-old I mean, making an eagle. Play, I think they played they played Tiger's shot off the tee and then he ripped the three or five wood around the bend through a draw on it and then stuck it to like four feet. And then he proceeded to sink the putt. And what 
He said, Dad, I got this. Yeah. Uh, let me sync this for you. I'll tell you what. What impressed me the most about Charlie Woods, and now know he's 11 years old. Um, obviously, he's the offspring of Tiger Woods here. So, he's, I mean, he, the kid's, like, grown up watching golf. He knows golf. This it, He bleeds golf. I mean, he's grinding out there playing. But the fact that he – one thing I like is that Tiger basically said he's – Whatever he wants to do, I'm going to support that. I'm not going to force him into golf. He wants to play golf. He wants to get better. And the fact that this kid's out there playing, I mean, you should have seen like his facial expression. He was out there to compete. He was determined to win. I mean, the kid's out there. I sent an Instagram post to you, and and I said, he's here not just to play. Charlie Woods is here to win. He was dissecting yardage book, like top to bottom, with Joe LaCava's son. Also, fun fact, that was the second best part of the whole weekend was seeing young Joe LaCava, whoever, whatever his name is, but Joe LaCava's son catting for Charlie and having LaCava one and two and Woods one and two. That was quite possibly the second best part of the whole weekend. But yeah, Charlie Woods is a grinder. There's no doubt about it. He's got it in his DNA. He even after day one, it, it was pictured Tiger Woods in a sweater because it was starting to get chilly in Florida, probably. 60 degrees. Um, <laughs> Charlie wanted him to go to the range with Ty. You know, Ty, he wanted Tiger to go to the range with him so he could practice after the round because he didn't hit it good enough. This kid is 11 year old and wants it bad. It's going to be scary if he continues this drive. The only concern is I have of burnout, but I think Tiger's approaching it the right way. Like you said, he's letting Charlie get this into it he's not forcing him into anything he really doesn't want to get into and all i'm saying is when you have the backyard of tiger woods to just practice one all day long there's no reason this kid shouldn't be number one in the world by like you know 2025 i know and then speaking of burnout i like that you said that is that's that's the thing that kind of scares me with these with the kids the the offsprings of these greats coming on to the scene and trying to follow their their father's footsteps or right it's and that's what scares me the most is the fact that like let's put Charlie Woods an example. I mean, your father's Tiger Woods. I mean, one of the greatest golfers of all time. I mean, hands down. I mean, the accolades that he's has received and has approved and accomplished over over all these years of him on tour is just I mean, I don't think anybody's going to come close to that. I mean, if you're lucky and uh, the only person that I can think of is probably Charlie Woods. I don't think you're going to see another golfer be able to do what Tiger Woods did. And because I just think the field's way too big and I think the field's just way too strong. I mean, you can go down all the way down to all these uh, Monday qualifiers and these Q schools and the Corn Ferry Tour and even below that. There are just so many people and so many guys out there that can play. The thing that scares me the most is what the media is going to p- try and portray. Charlie Woods is Charlie Woods. Charlie Woods is not Tiger Woods. And if they can stay away from that aspect and, and if Charlie Woods, as he grows and, you know, finds out who he is as a person and what he wants to do as in his future. And if it's down the pathway of going onto the PGA tour, he's going to be a force to reckon with. Well, and here's the, like the catch 22 to all that, which I think is so good for Charlie Woods, right? Tiger Woods off the golf course is a ghost. You don't see Tiger Woods. You don't hear about Tiger Woods unless he wants you to. He's got a boat named Privacy. 
I think the ability for Charlie Woods to set out and just kind of tone out all of this pressure, all of this media hype is going to be incredible. Now, the only question is, is Charlie Woods going to take the path like Tiger did and, and play a couple years in college? And, and is when he goes to college away from this bubble, is he going to have issues? Is, is that where he hits his kind of struggling point when he gets to college and maybe gets all this hype surrounding him if he goes to Stanford or if he chooses somewhere other than Stanford and doesn't go where his dad played? You know, How much is he going to get out of this bubble and be maybe shocked by so much of this hype, so much of that pressure? But I think until he hits that kind of bubble break, he's actually in a phenomenal spot to kind of cruise through all of that media hype and all that media pressure because I just don't think he's going to see it or feel it. And here's here's a wild scenario. He's got so much swagger already. Do you think he cares? Do you, do you think even if he puts all this hype on him, do you think he cares? I think he's almost at that level already where if they say, oh yeah, Charlie Woods, you know, 2020 Masters champion, he's going to be like, yeah. Like he, I, th- I feel like there's almost a point of Charlie Woods where he just expects himself to have this much success already, which is crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, and you can like, we said it earlier. I mean, his mindset is just completely different, especially for being an 11 year old. I mean, the kids out there grinding out there and wanting to win. I mean, he's, he's not out there. They just go out and play and get better. Obviously he's doing that on the back end. He's going after the win. He's going after the dominate. He wants trophies. He wants to be number one in his right now in his uh, age bracket. I mean, he's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just insane. But I mean, if you take a step back of just the Charlie, Charlie Woods factor, I mean, you saw one thing I kind of like want to switch here is how awesome was it to just see Tyre Woods just be a parent and just just be a dad and just out there just having fun and i think that's one of the greatest things about this tournament because you get to see the greats i love watching trevino i know jack used to play i love watching uh gary they're always chirping at each other they're just all having fun and you've got this picture that's the greatest of it all i'm screen sharing a picture of tiger hugging his kid and it's very very reminiscent of when tiger walked off the green after his 2018 Masters win and just embraced his son. And I think as iconic as that moment was, that's how iconic this weekend was too. It was so cool for 36 holes just to watch Tiger be elated to see his offspring have so much fun with the game, not even be good, which he's incredible, but just have fun with the game. You see Charlie Woods embracing the game that built Tiger Woods up to what he is today, and Tiger gets to see his son enjoy that. My dad said at a couple times this weekend when he was watching them play, he was in tears because it reminded him of how much fun he had showing me the game. And like, you know, watching a little kid enjoy the game that you love so much, I can only imagine how much Tiger Woods enjoyed this. He's quoted as saying, um, this weekend built memories that I will enjoy for a lifetime. And I'm just making sure that Charlie has the time of his life. There's no pressure there. That's just pure elation. (laughs) At the end of the day, that's what the tournament's all about. I mean, even Justin Thomas, you know, the, the Thomases, him and his dad won the entire thing, but he came out and said, he goes, I wish every tournament was just as fun as this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I mean, it just goes to show how much of a mental grind going out on tour, playing individually, it is on these guys. But for them to come out and compete and actually have fun, and I mean, I granted they're probably having fun. Don't get me wrong, but it's like a different mindset. But at the same time, they're competing with their son or their father or whatever, right? 
yeah grand granddad grandson like you name it daughter it's just you know they're out there and they're just like in just so much joy and but at the same time they're they're still doing what they want to do is compete while playing golf well and i think the biggest thing too right uh with all this hype surrounding charlie we gotta remember he's 11 he's 11 years old and he's got so much time to grow um He's in elementary school right now. If you can wrap your head around that, if everyone's forgotten with all this hype and the kid's in elementary school, um, let the kid grow, let the kid be a kid. And if he continues to have this incredible passion for the game that he obviously has this weekend, you saw it this weekend, there's a passion there. He gets so jacked up to make 10 footers. He gets so jacked up to hit these hooking five woods as if we all don't do that ourselves. Uh, I'm, I'm stopping you do. right there. I'm stopping you right there. 11 years old and he's looking back at his dad and he, he, they're discussing what shot shape to hit the ball into the green. I mean, how many times, I mean, there's probably like, three to four times I can distinctively remember where he looks back. He goes, you think in a draw here? Like Tiger's like, yeah, do it. And it, and he goes out and does it. Oh, I mean, man. that's just skill level Dude, that I mean, not many have. It, let, let's, let's stop the whole podcast here for a second. Imagine, put yourself, if you're a listener, put yourself in the scenario, close your eyes. You're sitting at home. Tiger Woods, the greatest golfer of all time is sitting there in his recliner, probably a little heat on the back because it's a little sore after a whole day of practice. You're sitting there, right? You're probably replaying 2002 greatest hits of Tiger Woods because that's all he watches, I guarantee. Um, And you're sitting there, right? You're watching this. And the man who's dominating on the screen is sitting right there beside you. You think you aren't talking how he did it? how he hit those shots, the, the thought process behind those shots, the, the conversations that Charlie Woods is privy to just because he's Tiger Woods' son, it has to be out of this world unfathomably just smart. The IQ level of those conversations is well past any other 11-year-old that is having a conversation with anybody else in the world simply because it's Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is known for having the greatest IQ of all time when it comes to the game of golf and how to hit shots and the imagination and the, and just the the pure I think I don't know what the word is other than just you know pure ingenuity to to come up with a couple different ways to hit one golf shot and Charlie Woods is now soaking all that in you know they they call kids sponges when they're that age if he's truly a sponge it's just amazing the golf knowledge Charlie Woods has at 11 years old that some of us may never have in a lifetime. No, I, I couldn't couldn't agree more there. Uh, it's just it's just mind blowing the fact that, and I and I think that's what a lot of the viewership took away is the fact that how unreal it was. This I mean, my, even my dad said it. He said it multiple times. He goes, "That kid," he's like. Oh my gosh, his swing is so good. Like he goes, this kid has a great swing. And, it, and I think it's just, you're just blown away because, you know, at that age, you know, and, and when these kids, they're all developing, right? I mean, they're all learning to go out, they're out and playing. I mean, he's has a developed swing at his age already to, <laughs> to where it's, you're watching like greatness already unfold and what it can be 
I think it's just crazy that the fact that what you're seeing, you don't see that. Well, I mean, we even posted uh, a swing progression uh, of Charlie's swing a- after their practice round on Wednesday uh, in the quote unquote pro am. Um, this kid at Impact, dude, is Dustin Johnson esque, Justin Thomas esque, um, just pure. I mean, footwork, impact position, right elbow tucked, upper body through and open, hips already firing. I mean, I dare you to find something wrong with it. And that's incredible at 11 years old. Um, it's just, dude, it, you talk about pure fun. We said this before we started the podcast. This was the most fun we had watching golf in a long time. And it was because of Charlie Woods. It was because of that grouping in particular. That grouping just, I, I, I wouldn't even say that too. I would just say the whole fact of just bringing in so many other people rather than just keeping it when it used to be just to the champions tour itself. Mm. I mean, opening the doors out to the LPGA and even the PGA of past major champions, I think just made that tournament so great and renaming it the PNC championship. Like we got the, like I said before, you got the coochers on there. And then obviously the dailies have been part of it for so many years. You got the sings, you got the Trevinos. I mean, these are some of the greats, but now you're like you're saying you got woods and coocher and, <laughs> Uh, the Duvals and, and it's just it it's just making this tournament 2021 it, it's just going to be that much better I mean you got Bubba Watson playing on it now he's playing with his uh, father-in-law I mean mm-hmm. what more can you ask for I mean that that's what's great is you're getting all these great PGA players and LPG players that have won major champions in the past and then you're asking them to bring a family member on there and coming out and compete. Well, I told you, just I tell you what, the field. bringing, bringing families in, you know, like you said, was just such an epic, you know, way to finish out 2020. And it really gave us a lot of good feels, you know, something I think that went kind of unnoticed. Um, Elon Nordegren was actually at the tournament both days and walking around following Tiger Woods. Tiger's daughter was there as well. Um, you want to talk about, kind of putting the past behind them and doing what's best for the kids uh, real quick, not a life help podcast, but just you got to give credit where credit's due. That's awesome for the woods family to be able to integrate like this and do what's best for the kids. And I think that's why you see both kids succeeding so well. It was really neat to see Elon there supporting Char- Charlie's passions of playing golf with his father. Yeah. And then supporting him going on a big stage. I mean, that's like probably one of the biggest tournaments he's played the date. You go from playing, uh, you know, junior PGA uh, tournaments to uh, tournaments with major championship winners, the greatest LPGA player of all time, (laughs) the greatest PGA player of all time, and 36 holes of televised golf, putting your swing under to scrutiny. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool if I could look over to see mom inside the ropes. Right. That and the fact that you got uh, basically Vegas having bets where you can bet on an 11-year-old kid. I mean, that's just like, that's insane, but it's getting slightly like, out of hand, but it's I, at listen, the same time I'm here for the hype. Yeah. It, it, the hype's there. It's a lot of fun. The tournament was great. I do have one gripe about it though, is for some reason, golf broadcasting yet again, somehow screws it up. I mean, you probably have, the, you have the mood at, I mean, besides the major champions, right? I mean, the last uh, most watched, I think, golf event was the Masters, obviously. Mm-hmm. 
right? The fall masters, everybody's excited for that. And then, you know, COVID kind of ramps back up again and everybody, that's all you see. That's all you see. And you got too much like COVID and politics. And it's like, we need some feel good stories, right? Here comes the PNC championship. (laughs) Yet for some reason, the only time you can watch the second day was on NBC and it was a replay from beginning earlier in the day. You couldn't even watch it live. Dude, it was an absolute shitstorm. And excuse my friends, but it was a shitstorm. Twitter was going wild over it. People were fiending to watch this live. And they, you know what they could watch? Six second clips on Twitter from the PGA tour and the PGA champions seeing what was going on because their live streaming app, when it did work, was only on at like noon. So you already missed two and a half, three hours of it. And then the other platform that they said it would be on was just not working. So you had zero ways to watch it other than six second highlights until it was on as a replay when you already knew what happened. Like it's, it's, it's absurd to me when the entire golf world tells you what they want they want to watch live golf. They don't want to replay. They don't want to watch Twitter highlights. They don't want to watch Instagram highlights. They want the live golf, especially for the first time ever. The second coming of the Messiah is playing golf with the original Messiah. And you can't make it happen. Yeah, they, totally they need, they need to get one. they need to get over these whole. Well, we have rights as far as broadcasting and we have to hold this right and that right. That is such an old man golf move. And and, and then the, at, at this point, the entire golf world is sick of it. Yeah, sick of it. And then just the fact that it was just a feel good day. I mean, it was just a feel good day for everybody, whether like who you're watching or whatnot, like as as golf fans, it was just. It was just awesome to see. You can just kind of put the bullshit that's going on right now in our in in the world behind and just watch. Just like families just coming together and just enjoying the time and just watching good golf. And they somehow fucked it up. Well, like I always. tell you, I, I tell you what, it's something where I hope if one thing changes in the golf world in 2021, I hope it's the broadcasting. I don't think it's going to, but we can hold out hope. We can hold out hope. We can hold out hope or, you know, we just, we're about to just show up the court. We're about to broadcast ourselves. I mean, if we can get, let's just get a team going at this point because clearly they're just screwing it up. I mean, it, and it's a shame too, because I mean, look, look at the morning drive. They just canceled that. Right. I mean, it's just like, they're like pushing off gr- golf broadcasting and I'm not going to like continue going down this rabbit hole of what's what we need and keep on, you know, saying what's wrong. Cause we just, it's a, broken record here but yeah it needs to be changed and it needs to be changed fast it's really sad since we started this podcast just over a year ago it's been a talking point since we started um and if anything it's gotten worse (laughs) then it's gotten better it's a shame i mean it's just and i get it i I can kind of get it because there's like so much to cover that you can't see at all but i'll tell you what if you want to take one thing Stop showing putt after putt after putt after putt. It's absurd to me, right? And I mean, we'll, we'll get into this as well um, on the lady side of the ball too, but the the Tiger, little Tiger phenomenon took over the whole golf world this, this weekend, this past weekend. And the coverage sucked. Imagine if the coverage was good. 
Tiger, little Tiger could have taken over the world, not just the golf world, but the world and the broadcasting sucked. If we get the broadcasting right, golf has the ability to legitimately take over the world. When it comes to just the broadcasting side? Absolutely. You ruin the broadcast so bad that when you show putt after putt after it, it, it puts people to sleep. Yeah. It literally puts people to it, it puts people to sleep who love the game of golf, let alone people who are just trying to figure out the game for the first time. And, and I mean, even if even if it's not like per se live, like right at that very moment, it can be a couple uh seconds delayed behind. I mean it's just go clip for clip for clip of just different people on different holes hitting different mm-hmm. shots into the green. I Because we live in a society where everything is just so fast that, like you said, it's just showing someone on the green, reading a putt, taking their time, and then making the putt. And like with the announcer, just like, and, you know, talking very softly. And he's got the, you know, the very quiet voice and explaining what's going on with the putt. Yo, I'm out. Snooze fest. Two, three hour nap shit. I missed the whole thing. Like, 100%, damn it. 100%. And, and it's sad too because there's that opportunity there and it just seems to be missed time and time again. It, it's something where I don't, I don't know what's going on but between these big conglomerates. If someone's just a yes man or a yes team that's just telling these folks at the top of the list, like, hey, this is working. This is working. This is working. Like, they, there's got to be a point where someone's got to step up inside these big news networks and say, why don't, why don't we try something new? Because it, this is not working. And, and all you have to do is turn your head slightly to the left and look at any social media platform because social media goes wild every time they get it wrong, but no one seems to pay attention. No, it's uh yeah, I don't know. They they need to fix something quick. Um, obviously, when you have, you know, there's a problem is when, what is it? When the entire viewing community is stating the same exact problem. A hundred percent. No, there's no doubt about it. Uh, so, you know, we talked about, obviously, the coverage kind of overshadowing everything this weekend with Tiger and Charlie. Um, it overshadowed a phenomenal, women's lpga tour championship which kind of got zero coverage which is really unfortunate you had the number one and number two player in the world uh going neck and neck and then lexi thompson making a run as well kind of america's darling america's favorite um and it got overshadowed you know by charlie and and tiger woods uh you're talking about a tournament that had an absolute nail biter um, down to the last four holes. Lexi Thompson was in a one stroke lead. She gave it away. And then all of a sudden you're looking at, uh, yeah, Jin Young Co uh, having a four stroke lead in like the blink of an eye. She birdied five of the last six to kind of take the lead and, and win everything. Um, I mean, absolute wild, dude. It, it was kind of one of those things where you have that phenomenal of a golf tournament going on and it really got little to no coverage it was a phenomenal ending and and something where you look at the past of like tour champions and and you know you're number one and number two in the world haven't competed much in the past it was number one and number two just going back and forth and back and forth if this were the men's side of the ball this would have been much watch tv uh 
and unfortunately it just got overshadowed and you know for someone who's a huge golf fan you had to appreciate what went on this year and, and have to look forward to the game of golf on the women's side of the ball is really growing and and, and really getting highly competitive and it, it's exciting times to watch the LPGA tour as well yeah and I mean it really is I love tuning into it I'm tuning into it a lot more um I, I just feel like I relate actually more with the LPGA with my own game than I do with the PG uh, with the PGA because even the best on the LPGA, I mean, they show some of these girls hitting just some bad shots. I mean, like duck hooks, duck hooks off the tee, and and it's like, wow, you're like, you know, I do that too, and then <laughs> next thing you know, but something I don't do is somehow recover and stick it to two feet. And it, it's just remarkable to see because I think a lot of people need to realize that um, like 90% of average golfers out there can relate more with the LPGA mm-hmm. and can learn a lot than if they were to watch like Dustin Johnson rip at 350 down the middle. Oh, for sure. And I mean, you, you talk about people who with phenomenal short games, the, the perfect example is top a hundred on the LPGA tour. They're all, all the LPGA tours short games are just absolutely phenomenal. And and one lady in particular, Danielle Kang, uh, who ended up finishing tie for 30th in the, in the overall uh, tour championship finals. She actually, you know, whether she didn't win finished number one on the season for scoring average. I mean, you talk about a woman who's just consistent, Every week, Danielle Kang is one of those women. And to take home the scoring average trophy is just an, a phenomenal accomplishment within itself. Um, when you look at the LPGA scoring average to the PGA scoring average, I wanted to kind of point this out real quick. You know, people are always like, well, they play shorter courses. They play this. They play that. It's actually quite comparable uh, at the end of the day. Men's and women's side of the ball, the leading scoring average is right around six under par, five or six under par. That's incredible. I mean, these girls are good. You always talk about you know, the, the cliche, these guys are good on the PGA Tour. Well, those girls are good on the LPGA Tour too. Oh, they can, they can play. And, and yeah, okay, you want to you like talk, you know, talk some smack to them and like, oh, yeah, well, you play a – you play on shorter courses, this and that. Yo, go challenge them for some money and watch your uh, watch the money just drop out of your out of your wallet. I mean, I can guarantee you they'll smoke you real quick. Uh, but dude, they they're sick and it, it, it's fun to watch and it, and it's awesome too because you know tune into that because you can learn a lot. Like I said, and it's just as a golf fan, it's more golf to watch, more courses to see. There's absolutely no doubt about it. In a time where Golf Channel's kind of shutting down, shutting down a lot of its uh, staple uh, kind of marquee, you know, shows. Um, the LPGA Tour, the PGA Tour, obviously, the Corn Ferry Tour, the Symmetra Tour. Uh, there, there are all these avenues in which we can watch more golf. Um, and and it's unfortunate uh, we're seeing one of I think kind of the biggest staples in the golf channel come to an end. The, the morning drive is coming to an end. It will no longer be uh, part of the golf channel. And, and I kind of look at this man and it's, it's really unfortunate. I grew up in a golf household where every morning the morning drive was on, you know, in a, in my area as a child, it was Matt Janella. Um, and, and, you know, obviously our relationship with him has been, become pretty neat with it over the last couple of years, but 
you know, it started in 1995 and, and all of a sudden you're seeing a, what I thought a golf channel staple that would never, uh, it would never come to an end, uh, unfortunately shut its doors. And it, it's, you know, I just got to give a shout out to everyone who's ever been a part of the, the morning drive crew. Um, it's something that I grew up in just every day within my house. Uh, and it's something that I just, could have never imagined uh, coming to an end, but I guess you know the cliche statement: all think all great things must come to an end. Um, it's it's one of those scenarios, and um, it, it's one of those weird times where Golf Channel is making a huge market shift. They're moving out of Orlando, moving their headquarters up to Connecticut with the rest of ESPN, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where the rest of Golf Channel moves into 2021 and how their market shift here uh, kind of you know sees its way forward it's um you know damon hack kind of another staple within that morning drive crew is uh is moving on and and you know seeing different stages in his career but uh man it's just going to be weird not seeing the morning drive as part of golf channel and not seeing golf channel as you know kind of this career staple on a, a tv platform it seems like they're moving to this online streaming service um, there's a lot of weird shifts that just make me uneasy as a, as a golf fan with where golf channel itself is headed. Oh, absolutely. It's, a, it's crazy. Like you say, it's stuff that you don't think would ever come to an end and here it is. And then, I mean, but at the same time, I mean, as golf fans, that's our, I mean, that's our, like for TV wise, that's what we go to, to get all our golf related news and be able to watch anything golf related. It's like kind of, kind of sit there and you're like oh well what's gonna be next like mm -hmm. what are we gonna have for golf because it, it kind of it's a little scary at sometimes too and i know someone's gonna come out with it down the road um so hopefully sooner than later is we're going we're still need a station where we can view golf because let's face it i think all the other sporting uh networks and any other major network golf really isn't on their radar and for us golf fans we need we and we need to ensure that we are getting the proper coverage that i think we all deserve now there's no doubt about it and i think where every market uh every market opening um you know or closing every market closing is a uh, new market opening. So I think someone's going to fill the shoes uh, where it happens, how it happens. I'm not hundred percent sure yet. There's surely a lot of, uh, you know, mid to high level uh, players in, in the industry right now that I'm sure I'll have a, a say in, in which way the direction of the media goes within partnerships with the PGA tour and the LPGA tour and the European tour. Uh, someone's going to step up. It's just a matter of time. There's, I, there's always, I, I think, someone who's willing to take the leap of faith and, and create newer, greater coverage than what has existed before. So It'll just be interesting to see where that step takes it. And, uh, you know, hey, maybe down the line we'll even be a part of it. That'd be pretty something uh, something cool to say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, looking forward to into 2021, when you talk about the lack of Golf Channel coverage and, and just more or less, I think, streamlined PGA Tour coverage as the form of PGA having a stronghold over its rights, um, do you, you know, we talked about this earlier about the broadcast kind of being crappy. Do you expect the broadcast to get better? Or do you just expect it to kind of stay the same and stay in the same, uh, you know, space that we're in now with struggling to find uh, coverage of golf if it's not prime time? I think it really depends on 
who gets their hand on the broadcasting. I think if you get some of these lower end networks or these group of people that are like you and I, that are the ones that, you know, we are trying to push golf broadcasting to a different level, it's going to boom. But I mean, if you could just get your ordinary stationary network, that's just, all right, let's just make them happy. Let's just, so they can view like the masters or whatnot and whatever, any other PGA event, it, it won't change. So uh, you need to get it into the proper hands for anything to, for any of us to see golf, our golf viewing experience change for the better. No, and I really hope it does. I think there's uh, you know, in every market, there's always room for improvement, but I think this one out of all of them is, uh, is room for the most improvement, but uh you know, as we move into 2020 here and kind of uh, begin to bid you guys adieu, um, we're looking forward to 2021. Obviously, the Palm Springs Golf Championship, uh, January 9th through the 16th will be out there, Dante. The tournament taking place the 10th through the 14th. Um, excited to go out there, muck it up with the guys in California, um, and just enjoy our experience at PGA West and everything PGA West has to offer. And uh, and hopefully sit down with some really interesting uh, golf nuts like ourselves and, and kind of get some creative stories out of them as well. I'm really looking forward to that trip and everything that's involved with uh, Trent Feltz and having his hospitality out there, uh, Eric Hoskinson and, those, and that buddy out there. I mean, I'm just, I'm pumped for it. Pumped to have a boys trip, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, no doubt, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy that it's right around the corner. Um, yeah, it's going to be, hopefully my game kind of picks back up because I don't want to, you always want to enjoy it, but Hey, it's going to be a hell of a time. Uh, hopefully I can play well. We're going to play on some, some challenges, challenging ass courses, but it's, I mean, nothing beats the camaraderie and that's what we're there for. Absolutely. Well, guys, if you want to follow along, uh, obviously, as we hit the new year running here into Palm Springs, go to at enjoy the walk pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can follow along on our journey there. We'll do some lives. We'll do some content posting as well as sharing with you guys where our next podcast is going to be from and who it's going to be with. Uh, if you want to rep our merch, go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com. The tour towels are up, guys, as well as some of our latest T-shirt releases and everything involved with the latest merch you guys can go pick it up at www.enjoythewalkpod.com as always guys get out there carry your clubs and enjoy the walk One shot at a time.